come closer. Inshallah, it's min riyadh al-jannah. It's one of the gardens of Jannah. A little closer, a little closer, guys. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. Good to go? Tayyip. A'udhu Allah min shaitan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin ashraf al-khalqi wa Sayyid al-mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا سهلا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم أخرجنا من ظلمات الوهم إلى نور الفهم وأكرمنا بمعرفة العلم وزين أخلاقنا بالحلم يا رحم الرحمين اللهم اهدنا واهدبنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم أصلحنا اللهم أصلحنا وأصلح بنا اللهم أصلح أحوالنا وأحوال المسلمين والمسلمات في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين والمسلمات في مشارق الأرض ومغاربها فك الكرب عن كل مكروب من أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت به عليم اللهم بلغنا رمضان اللهم بلغنا رمضان اللهم بلغنا رمضان اللهم عنا على صيامه وعلى قيامه على الوجه الذي يرضيك عنا اللهم وفقنا فيه لطاعتك وذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم ربنا إنا نسألك أن تجعله رمضان فتح ونصر وتمكين لأمة حبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في مشارق الأرض ومغاربها اللهم انصر إخواننا في غزة وفي فلسطين نصرا عزيزا مؤزرا اللهم انصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم اللهم عليك بمن ظلمهم اللهم عليك بمن ظلمهم اللهم عليك بمن ظلمهم اللهم اجعل بركات رمضان قاسمة لظهور الظالمين اللهم اجعل بركات رمضان قاسمة لظهور الظالمين اللهم اردهم على أعقابهم خاسئين خائبين اللهم اجعل تدميرهم في تدبيرهم اللهم اجعل تدميرهم في تدبيرهم واجعل الدائرة عليهم ولا تجعل لهم صرفا ولا نصرا اللهم ربنا حقق لنا وعدك الذي وعدت نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم استجب دعاءنا واستجب دعاء المظلومين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم استجب دعاء إخواننا المظلومين في غزة وفي فلسطين اللهم استجب دعاءهم اللهم استجب دعاءهم اللهم ربنا إن نسألك صلاح الحال إن نسألك صلاح الحال والتوفيق إلى رضاك يا رب العالمين Oh Allah we call upon you, pray to you, beseech you, we ask you by names and attributes to better us, to forgive us We ask you to bless us to witness Ramadan and experience its bliss and its na'im We ask you Allah to give us its khayrat and its barakat, its goodness, its acceptance Make us of those who are emancipated in hell from uh, in hell, uh, emancipated from hell in Ramadan. We ask you, Allah, to make it a Ramadan of blessings for the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu in the East and West. Make it a Ramadan in which we're blessed to cleanse our souls, and to, in which we're blessed to come closer to you, in which we're guided to the right path. Ya Rabbil Alameen. We ask you, Allah, to facilitate our affairs and to make the best of our days, the last of our days, the best of our actions, the last of our actions, the best of all days. The day we meet you and you are pleased with us, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Amin, amin, wa akhir da'wan, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Amma ba'd, jazakum la khair for attending uh, this Friday forum. We're at the doorsteps of Ramadan. And uh, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us prepare in these few days that are remaining in the best way we possibly can as, uh, the, as the month is quickly approaching us. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things today relating to Ramadan. Uh, but before we do any of that, I'm just going to pass it over to Akhi Ibrahim. Uh, to make the announcements, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Barakallah feek, Shaykhna. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallah feekum for joining us. 
uh, two more weeks or less than two more weeks, about 10 days or so until Ramadan. <coughs> Before I get into the announcements, as always, we have the Slido, the QR code with the code is right there. Uh, inshallah, today is an Ask Me Anything About Ramadan. So any questions, whether it's about Ramadan in general, whether it's about fiqh, whether about spirituality, or about the programming, whatever we have going on at the masjid, um, all of that, inshallah, we hope to cover uh, tonight. Please keep the questions relevant. Questions that are not relevant, inshallah, we'll, we'll go for them in the next uh, AMA or the next question and answer session that we have. I'm sure we'll have one at some point in Ramadan as well. Um, as, you, as always, we have the snacks and the refreshments on either side. If you go there, please maintain decorum, please maintain peace and the serenity of the musalla. Uh, as for Ramadan specifically, inshallah, we'll have Ramadan Monday, March 11th. Allahumma balagna Ramadan. Taraweeh will start the night before, Sunday, March 10th. It'll be 8.30 p.m., so early, inshallah. Uh, Eid is planned for Wednesday, April 10th, inshallah ta'ala. Next Friday, it's going to be our last Friday forum in the typical setting, typical 8 p.m. setting. We'll be having a special Friday forum. We'll have Sheikh Usama with Sheikh Yasser Fahmi and Ustaz Zaid Abbasi, inshallah. The discussion will be getting into the Ramadan mindset um, and, and how, we, how we begin, how we warm up, how we get into Ramadan with a, you know, at a head start. Um, also, so we have a bunch of events this weekend, a bunch of events, uh, you know, building up and a few more announcements. Uh, the first is my journey in Islam. It's optimizing Ramadan, a guide for new Muslims. So converts, reverts, people who are new to practicing Islam, we will have a, a, a conversation about that tomorrow, Saturday, between 5 and 7.30 here at ICPC Clifton. So between 5 and 7.30 p.m., ICPC Clifton, for, for new people practicing Ramadan, for new people trying Ramadan, a guide for new Muslims, how do we optimize Ramadan? So please tell anyone, any of your friends interested in fasting or anyone who's first time fasting, let them know they can come. I'm sure it's a very overwhelming experience for people. So let's try to help them. We have Community Hub, a, a family program this Sunday, inshallah, also here at ICPC Clifton between 2.30 and 5 p.m. Community Hub is an is a event we do for, for the kids, for the families, for families of all ages. They come together. We have a kids program. We have a discussion with the adults. Um, we have arts and crafts and games for the children. Um, and, and that'll be here on Sunday, 2.30 to 5 p.m., inshallah. And then also this Sunday, 6 p.m., will be our final Parables of the Qur'an course uh, session. Uh, we'll, we'll be taking a pause for Ramadan, and then after Ramadan, we'll start our new curriculum, inshallah. And then we have a few more announcements. Uh, we have a Feeding 1,000 Families campaign. So the goal is for Ramadan, for us to all work together and feed 1,000 families here locally for all of Ramadan. So it costs about $125 to sponsor a family in need for one week. So for the four weeks, that's uh, $500 for the four weeks for one family. So if we all work together, the link is on WhatsApp, we can get to this 1,000 uh, family goal. And with that, there's a registration for a game called the Ansar. That's also on WhatsApp. It's a really cool game, which allows you to leverage your community, your network, the people you know, your family, and you personally don't have to fundraise the money. The idea is you find people that help you and you bring the money together and the person who sponsors, you'll have like an affiliate link, the person who sponsors the most families can win a trip to Umrah, Palestine, or win a new MacBook. So it's pretty cool, pretty exciting, and we'd be able to make impact here today with our community here because we have a, we have a right to our community locally and internationally. And the last announcement we have is PAC has their conference this weekend. Um, they'll be 
they, they, you know, we, we, as we know, especially since October 7th, they've been doing a lot of great work um, and a lot of outreach, so you can check that out. All this information is on our WhatsApp. If you're not on our WhatsApp community, you can find the QR codes on the walls, um, or you can ask a friend, and they'll give you the link, and they'll share it with you. You can also find all this information on social media and through our email, um, inshallah. With that, Sheikhna, where do we where do we start? Do you want to give like an overlay as we build into Ramadan? I know you opened up with du'a, so how would you like to begin? Zakallah khair, Akhi Ibrahim, barakallah feek. So this is supposed to be like an ask me anything. Uh, it's supposed to be Q and A, and it's supposed to give you guys an opportunity to ask whatever you have in your mind. Uh, but I guess before uh, the questions start coming in, I'll. Uh, start off with a few questions myself. Uh, I'll, I'll start with um, a few basic things. You know, maybe I'll ask you guys the questions before you ask me. Uh, the first question uh, that I have for you guys: Does anyone know what the name of the month Ramadan as a word? Any of you guys know what meaning it comes from? And you guys know, anyone know what the origins of the word Ramadan comes from? Go ahead. Zakallah khair. Uh, so one of the meanings is, as our sister said, min shiddat al-har. You know, and... So there's a practical, or I, I, I should say, like I guess, a practical reality to it being named Ramadan, according to some interpretations. They said when they named the months, uh, this month, Ramadan, happened to come in the summertime. And the summertime in the desert, you could imagine, is the hottest time of the year. So Ramadan refers to the burning heat of the desert. Um, so, and they actually say this in Arabic. They say, That's when the young camels felt the heat of the sun on their, uh, on their hoofs. Um, so, that's one meaning. The spiritual aspect of that. Alright, so Ramadan comes from Ramadan, which refers to the burning heat. In a spiritual sense, they tie this to the meaning of... I just want to ask the sisters in the corner, please... Please, just, I could hear your voice the whole time. Lower your voice. Jazakumullah khair. Allah fikum. So, um, uh, the spiritual side to this is Ramadan fasting is supposed to burn away the passions, the effects of shahwa, of desires. It has this burning sensation to it. Why? Because, you know, fasting is not easy on the body, right? But... Uh, so you could, you could liken it to this burning sensation, right? It's affecting your stomach, your head, your, your arms and your feet and everything in between. And the, the product of this is supposed to allow my soul to actually experience clarity. So that's one meaning from it. Another meaning, they say it comes from Ramad. And that's the gentle rain in the desert that comes down in the fall season. So in that sense, it's burning away the effects, oh, sorry, it's washing away the effects of sinfulness. You know, from year to year, uh, brothers and sisters, we make a lot of bad decisions. We make a lot of mistakes. Uh, we need to have this opportunity to be able to emerge from all the effects of that. And every single one of us is like that. So, subhanAllah, Allah blessed the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
with this month in the year that gives us the opportunity to recalibrate. Wallahi, if it wasn't for the blessings of Ramadan, we would find maintaining a sense of spirituality extremely difficult. You know, um, I guess in that vein, one of the biggest blessings on Allah, uh, from Allah upon us is that He made fasting Ramadan an obligation. If it wasn't obligatory, you would find that we would find great difficulty committing to the full month. Was, was fasting, these are a second question for you guys. Was fasting Ramadan uh, obligatory from day one in Islam? If you say no, then tell me from when was it obligatory? Raise your hand. When was it obligatory to fast Ramadan? Anyone know? Who knows? Go ahead. MashaAllah. Did you know that answer all by yourself? That's amazing. Good job. Allah bless you. Alhamdulillah. Preserve you. Second year after Hijrah is when Ramadan became an obligation. After Hijrah, meaning after the Prophet ﷺ went to Medina. Right? What else was a critical event that happened in that year? Who knows? Second year after Hijrah. What happened in that year? Anyone else know? What else? Hmm? Anyone know? Critical event that happened in the first year after, uh, uh, in the second year after Hijrah, in the first Ramadan. What's this critical event? Go ahead. You have your hand up, sister? Oh, okay. You don't have the answer? Oh, it's okay. No, no, no. That's Isra and Mi'raj. That's something else. Zakallah khair for trying. Allah bless you. Yes? It was one of the battles. Which one was it? There you go, Badr. Badr. Battle of Badr happened in the second year after Hijrah. Alright, interesting fact. Were the companions fasting when they were in the battle of Badr? Answer, yes or no? How many of you think yes? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you think yes. They were fasting in the battle of Badr. How many think no? How many of you are too afraid to guess? Raise your hand. <laughs> Alright, the, the actual answer is they weren't fasting. They were not fasting. They were not fasting during the Battle of Badr. Because they, uh, they were outside of Medina. They, they didn't need to fast. They were uh, journeying. Right? And of course, it was a difficult situation in Jihad. So they actually broke their fast. Uh, there's a hadith uh, to point to that. All right. Now, this might be interesting to you. Very interesting. There was actually three stages for the obligation of fasting Ramadan. The first, uh, fasting in Islam, the history of Islam. The first step was fasting Ashura and three days from every month. That was during the Meccan period, early on. The second stage was the optional fast of Ramadan. And this is mentioned in the verses on fasting, which are, by the way, in which surah? Which surah has the, verse, the verses about fasting? Anyone know? Surah Al-Baqarah. Fasting Ramadan is only mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah. Very good. So... Um, so uh, in those verses, it mentions the second stage, which is the optional fast. The companions had the choice. 
You either pay fidya or you fast Ramadan. Your choice. Imagine if we had that choice today. How many would opt to rather pay a small amount of money, whatever, $10, $15, instead of fasting a full day of fasting? Uh, reality would probably say, most people would probably choose to just pay the money. It's 15 bucks. What am I it's, it's easy, right? Just pay 15 bucks and move on with my life, right? Alhamdulillah that Allah made it an obligation so that my heart could get exposed to this reality, right? All right, here's another question for you guys. And then I'll transition to you guys asking the questions, inshallah. Uh, are we getting questions? Right, we're getting a lot of questions. All right. All right. Actually, two more questions and then we're done. All right. So one question. What is the linguistic meaning of siyam? What does it mean in language? What does siyam mean in language? Anyone know? Raise your hand. Don't shout it out. Right? Anyone know? Siyam. You, you answered the other one. I want someone to help you. <laughs> Anyone know? Siyam. All right. One meaning is, uh, in the words of, uh, in Surah Maryam, إِنِّي نَذَرْتُ لِلرَّحْمَانِ فَلَنْ أُكَلِّمَ الْيَوْمَ Sayyidah Maryam said, I vowed a fast. What is this fast? She said, I'm not going to talk. So fasting means silence, right? Refraining from speech. That's one meaning. Another meaning for fasting is to calm down, feel peace. Samat al-Rih, that's when the winds calm down. Samat al-Khayl, the horses stop running. Samat al-Rih means the winds quell, right? Samat al-Khayl means they, the horses stop running. What does that mean? The fasting is supposed to make me calm down. It's supposed to help me be able to control myself. That's why the Prophet says, As-Sawmu Jannah. Fasting is a protection. What does fasting protect me from? It protects me from me. I need to be protected from myself. Because if myself is left to run wild, oh man, it could cause all kinds of damage, and it does cause all kinds of damage. So that's one, uh, th this is the last question I'm going to ask you. What's the main reason why, what's the main purpose behind fasting? The wisdom, the purpose behind fasting, what is it? Who wants to answer that? The w main wisdom, go ahead, you want to say something? Well, you can't argue with that response because the Prophet ﷺ did it. Yeah, that's true. But why did he do it? I want you to think with me. What's the meaning behind it? What's the main purpose? Yes, go ahead, sister. All right. So to build obedience is a very good response. A very good response. In Arabic, we say it's لتحقيق العبودية. You know, one of the things about fasting is if someone was fasting right now, well, no one would be fasting right now, right? It's nighttime, right? But uh, if someone was fasting, you wouldn't be able to tell that they're fasting just by looking at them. It's a very private act of worship. Now, like, you know, not to say that anyone would even ever think about doing this, Imagine in the day of fasting while you're making wudu. If you choose to take a sip of that water that you're, that's in your mouth, will anyone ever find out about it? No one will ever find out about it. 
if you find yourself alone in a room with a cookie and you choose to eat from the cookie, will anyone find out that you ate from the cookie? Well, if you have some chocolate on your lips, then maybe. But otherwise, if you cover up the evidence, no one's going to find out. And then, here's the thing. You know what happens at Maghrib? You know what's the sunnah in Ramadan in Maghrib? What's the best thing you could do as soon as the then comes in? Ta'jil al-fitr. You know, that's the beautiful thing. It's not about not eating, by the way. It's about doing what Allah tells me to do when He tells me to do it. The greatest act of worship as soon as Maghrib comes in, break your fast. Hasten to do it. Don't wait. Why? Because Allah wants me to break my fast. And when He tells me to stop eating, I'm going to stop eating too. Because He told me to do it. Right? So it's supposed to build within me this sense of I feel Allah watching over me privately, publicly. I feel Him with me. I'm going to do whatever He calls me to do at any time He calls me to do it. That's the reason why we fast. Those are the questions I had for you. What questions do you got? What's the order for the best ibadat to do in Ramadan? Okay. What's the order for the best ibadat to do in Ramadan? Look, um, the, the Hadith Qudsi lays it out very clearly for us. Uh, can someone close that door right there? Uh, just because there's a lot of noise coming from there. Zakallah khair. All right. The best act of worship to do in Ramadan is the fard act of worship. There's no way a fard would ever be the same as the sunnah. Never, ever. And when it comes to fara'id, there's a wisdom in our deen from there being a range of obligatory things to do uh, in our deen. Why? Because it gives me the opportunity to diversify my portfolio, right? You know, the, I'm not talking about stocks right now, right? I'm not talking about financial planning. My spiritual planning, right? Forget about financial planning for a second. Spiritual planning is a thing, right? So how can I diversify my spiritual portfolio in Ramadan? I have wajibat. Allah tells me there's nothing you could get closer to me with than what I've made obligatory on you. So now I need to look at what are the obligations in Islam and see how I could make my portfolio unique and get a dose of everything that is wajib before I go to the recommended things. What's an example of something recommended in the blessed month of Ramadan? You guys tell me. You guys tell me. Huh? Taraweeh. Taraweeh is an example of something that's recommended. Recommended things are virtuous. These are our means to go to the higher levels, right? Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, There are means to gain Allah's love. They're valuable, they're precious. However, is a, is a sunnah like a fard? No, not at all. Of course not. What's an example of fara'id in Ramadan? What are the examples of fara'id in Ramadan that you could take advantage of? What are they? List them out for me. Give me some examples. Of course, the five daily prayers. That's obvious. Of course, a fard in Ramadan is not like a fard outside of Ramadan. Because not all times are the same and not all places are the same. There is um, extra reward uh, in Ramadan that's not like outside of Ramadan. Right? So, fard salahs. All right, what else? What other type of obligations can you think of? Huh? 
Zakah. A lot of people give their zakah in Ramadan. Of course, do you have to give your zakah in Ramadan? Is it like, is that the obligation? No. But people like to take advantage of Ramadan to give their zakah because there are a lot more opportunities and more khair and barakah and things like that. But zakah is not necessarily tied to Ramadan, but many people give it in Ramadan because of its blessings. All right. Zakah is another obligatory thing. What else is an obligatory thing that you could do in Ramadan? Well, of course, fasting. <laughs> fasting is, of course, on the top of the list. Uh, We've got to say that first, of course. Fasting in Ramadan is one of the greatest obligations. It's one, of, it's, it's one of the arkan of Islam. It's something that, you know, if I haven't done as a Muslim in previous years, I need to make up those fasts. It's something that, you know, breaking the fast during the day of Ramadan is actually min akbar al-kaba'ir. One of the most major sins a person could do is break their fast during the day of Ramadan, inexcusably. And of course... You know, if I have makeup days, this is something I need to give consideration to. What's another example of a fard? Right? What's another example of a fard? Of course, avoiding things that are haram uh, would be uh, an obligation. Like, imagine that. Some people, they might approach the Ramadan with this mindset. You know, I'm going to avoid everything that's haram during the daytime. As soon as Maghrib time comes in, mm, I can't wait. I'm going to break my fast on a nice cigar, right? Uh, Of course, cigarettes, smoking, all that stuff, and everything that's within that vein, that's all haram, right? So, of course, uh, doing the muharram, so doing haram in Ramadan is much worse than doing it outside of Ramadan. Just like doing good deeds in Ramadan is much better than doing them outside of Ramadan. So, and there's a lot of things that you could add to that. So my advice to this questioner, diversify your portfolio. You have Birr al-Walidain. You have, you ha- you, you have uh, benevolence to your parents. You have Salat Rahim. You have fortifying ties of kin. Um, you have also um, uh, you know, certain obligations that are on us socially, like making the dua for the ummah. This is an obligation on us, right? You should never forget in any single night of Ramadan to make dua for them of Muhammad Sallallahu especially those afflicted and those in trial, our brothers and sisters in Palestine, Gaza, and other parts of the world. We need to make, this is part of the obligation on us collectively that we never forget those who we need to make dua for. So diversify your portfolio, and inshallah you'll find a lot of blessings, bidnillah. Along with doing the extra things, right? Like reading Qur'an as much as you can, doing adhkar as much as you can, uh, attending taraweeh or, or qiyam or um, i'tikaf or whatever else there is for you to attend. The more goodness you can incorporate in your schedule, the more blessed it is. Let's go to other questions. Uh, what if a woman doesn't make up the days she didn't fast? I says, or anyone. I mean, I guess in general, like what happens if someone doesn't make up their... All right, if someone has, if someone has uh, makeup fasts, if someone has makeup fasts from a previous Ramadan, and they haven't finished making them up by this Ramadan, the question that's going to be asked after that, why did they not make it up? Was it for an excusable reason or an inexcusable reason? What does that mean, excusable reason? Like what happens a lot with pregnancy and breastfeeding, that you might find a woman would go years on end not fasting and not having the chance to make up because she's going from one pregnancy into breastfeeding to another pregnancy to another breastfeeding and so on and so forth. So if the reason is she didn't make it up due to an excuse, that's all good. Nothing's on her. 
Nothing's against her. Uh, uh, what is it? Yes, yes. So, السؤال هو, let me repeat in Arabic just for those who didn't understand. السؤال هو, إذا إذا أخر الإنسان القضاء إلى الرمضان المقبل ولم يقضي صوم رمضان اللي فات ماذا عليه؟ So what what problem is there if I don't make it up in time? If I didn't make it up and I'm not excused, like say for example a sister missed days from last Ramadan due to her monthly cycle and she just chose to delay and delay and delay and now we're at the doorsteps of this Ramadan and she didn't make it up yet. She's not excused, of course. So what's going to be the thing? First off, delaying qada of Ramadan without excuse till after the next Ramadan is haram. It's sinful. Uh, if there's no excuse, it's sinful. And then with this, she needs to make it up. And then, or he, if it, if it applies to a brother. And then on top of making it up, you need to pay a fidya amount for each day that wasn't made up, which is not much money, about $15. If you had no excuse, if you had an excuse, then just make it up as soon as you're able to. That's it. That's all you need to do. Um, okay. Is it permissible for a female to take birth control pills to avoid getting her menstrual period during the month of Ramadan? Uh, so when we ask a question like this, is it permissible or is it advisable? Right, uh, so, the, so is it advisable for someone to take medication just to delay their pregnancy for the sake of not missing days of fasting? Answer is no, there's no need for this. It's okay, this is a rukhsa, and this is something, or, or this is something that is min mawani'i siyam, it's a preventer of fasting. It's something that Allah wrote as part of the natural order, that... When the woman's monthly cycle comes, she's excused from fasting. There's not, she's not missing out on anything. There's no blame on her. She's not, she's not going to get lesser reward in her Ramadan for something that Allah wrote on her naturally. right? So she doesn't need to take birth control pills to avoid getting her monthly cycle during Ramadan. Um, is it haram to? I'm not going to tell you it's haram to take that because there's no reason to say it's haram. Uh, taking those pills in themselves is not haram, but it's not advisable because there's no need to do that. Yeah. Is breaking your fast with vaping when it evens, does your fast count? All right. So is breaking your fast with vaping uh, when the adhan evens, is your fast going to count? Look, there's an important hadith. Jazakallah khair for this question. There is an important hadith. The Prophet Sallallahu tells us this. We need to be very careful. Because there are those who will fast and they will only get exhaustion and thirst. Imagine that. Imagine how, how, how lousy that is. I'm going to go through this whole exhausting process and on the day of judgment I'm going to find nothing for fasting. <laughs> That's horrible. Right? So there are those who will fast and they will only get exhausted. And there are those who will pray of the night and the only thing that they will get is lost sleep. That's it. So I need to be very mindful. If I think I'm going to play a game 
with the boundaries of Allah Azza wa Jal, I have another thing coming. I should not think like this. Is vaping haram? The answer to this question is, since there is clearly established harm through this practice and no apparent or established procured benefit to it, it is haram. So as such, I'm choosing to break my fast with something haram. And in this case, will it invalidate my fast? No. The fa invalidated in the sense that I need to make it up? No. Your fasting was correct because you fasted from Fajr to Maghrib. Right? Your fasting is correct. It doesn't need to be made up. But will you potentially miss out on all of the reward? Potentially. We all need to be very careful of this. Someone might fast... But then during the day they might eat someone else's see eat someone else's meat, right? With the ghiba, with namima, with the other ma'asi, backbiting, slander, this, this, and that. And you'll find that their fasting doesn't need to be made up, but it's void of reward. So that's what I'd say to that. What happens if a person doesn't pray at all during Ramadan? What do you mean what happens? They're gonna get a whole lot of sins. I guess these questions are pertaining to would the fast still count? But I think you kind of yes, all of it. this is answered. The fasting as a fast is not going to need to be made up. But this person is doing min akbar al kabair, so it's a horrible decision to make. Yeah. What is a proper du'a to make before breaking the fast? I've heard different answers. What is a proper du'a to make? Or the proper du'a to make. Sorry. Uh, the, 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 the dua of the Prophet وسلم, tells us that there is a nisa'imi da'watun mustajabatun and the Prophet laturad. The Prophet said there's a prayer that is answered um, at the time of breaking your fast and it is not turned away. And the Prophet said that's when he breaks his fast. Hina yuftir. Right? Now, what is this dua that the Prophet is talking about? You can make any dua at that time. It's not a specific dua. There's a sunnah dua for us to say when uh, we break our fast, but that's different than what this hadith is talking about. The answered dua is an open-ended dua. You can make dua about anything you want in the world right before you break your fast. But the sunnah to make the dua at the time of breaking the fast, that's something different. Right? Allah what would you say to a person who isn't Muslim but wants to try fasting? I would say continue to try and expose yourself and experience it. And perhaps you'll find that if you put your heart into it and you're sincere, that Allah, that, that Allah will guide your heart to Islam. You'll find your way there. You'll find, that, you'll find the beautiful experience. For us, fasting, brothers and sisters, by the way, is not a physical experience. It's not, about, it's not like intermittent fasting. That's just for, that's a physical experience. That's for the body. The, the real experience with fasting, and pay attention to this, guys, uh, is, you know, there's something I'm doing in the nighttime, and there's something I'm doing in the daytime. In the daytime, I am withholding certain things from my body so that when nighttime comes, I could find my soul flourishing, right? In taraweeh and in tahajjud and dua and all the rest. That's the whole idea of fasting. The whole idea of fasting. Now, now, of course, this idea is lost if I eat so much at iftar that I can't even stand up in taraweeh. Right? So the whole idea is during the day, I'm preparing myself for the night. And during the night, I'm preparing myself for the day. It's a, it's a spectrum. 
So what I would say to this person, expose yourself to it. Come to the mosque. Come to the masjid. Uh, see how Muslims fast. And inshallah, you're experienced. But realize this. It's a very uh, personal, spiritual experience that has a full spectrum between daytime and nighttime. That's what I'd say to that. We can take direct questions too if you want. Okay. I'll take one more and then we'll see if there's some from the audience and we'll sure. go back, inshallah. Uh, as we get this question a lot, uh, especially every, you know, every year when we think about the portfolio and, and what we should be doing with our lives. As someone who works full-time, goes to school in the evenings full-time as well, how can I maximize my Ramadan? You know, what would it look like you know, operationally or logistically? Jazakallah khair. So look, uh, and this actually takes us back to that point about diversifying the profile. It's a blessing from Allah Azza wa Jal that there's many different types of things that we could do to worship Him. And not all of these things require us to be inside the masjid. And not all of these things require us to be completely cut off from everything else in our lives. For the companions, Ramadan was a very, very productive experience. A lot of big achievements in the blessed happened historically in the blessed month of Ramadan. We mentioned Badr, we mentioned uh, Fatih Mecca, uh, there even later on in later, later times, um, uh, the Ain Jalut and the victory against the Tatar and also uh, the first, uh, the, the Salah al-Din uh, conquering Jerusalem or liberating Jerusalem, I should say. All of this happened in the blessed month of Ramadan. So Ramadan is actually a month of productivity. It's not meant to like cut us off from our daily life. So how can I maximize the benefit? Well, when I'm at school, I could do something. I could keep my tongue moving with the remembrance of Allah. When I'm in my car driving to work or driving back from, I could do something. I could, you know, the idea is I need to figure out how can I engage every single part of my body in an act of worship that's going to make it feel, experience the Ramadan growth. So uh, what I would say is don't waste a moment from your worldly or spiritual experience but try to bring the spiritual to your worldly. Instead of wasting yourself with, uh, wasting your time with unnecessary uh, side conversations while at work, you could also focus a little bit more. Let me read a little bit more Quran in every break I have. Uh, let me, um, uh, you know, try to remember Allah with my tongue. Maybe make dua. Let me make dua at certain junctures in my day. Let me make that a feature of my Ramadan. You know, a lot of people... You know, look, du'a, is, du'a and dhikr, uh, the capacity to do these things, are they're, they're skills, by the way. You know, learning how to remember Allah is a skill. Learning how to call upon Allah is also a skill. You'll find that if you haven't exposed yourself to making du'a a lot, you might not be able to even make du'a for more than a single minute. When you raise your hand, I don't know what to say. What am I supposed to ask of Allah? How am I supposed to ask Allah? Well, you know what? I need to try to push myself. I need, to, I need to make it, I need to condition myself. I'm going to incorporate at certain intervals. Imagine this, imagine this. You have a, a break at work for whatever, 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Imagine if you decide to use one of your breaks at work every single day to make it uh, fully dedicated to dua. You know, I'm going to just lift my hands up in my own language. If it's English, it's English. If it's uh, Spanish, it's Spanish. If it's Arabic, it's Arabic. I'm going to force myself to think of what to ask of Allah. It doesn't need to sound rhythmic. It doesn't need to be official. It doesn't need to be from the Quran or from the words of the Prophet. So I said, 
Just pour your heart out. You're going to find that the more you push yourself to make dua, it's, you're going to feel a sense of sweetness to it. It's going to make you feel fulfilled. And, and it's, it's going to cause a soothing feeling inside your heart. Allah, that's what I would say. Figure out the every single moment what needs to be done in it. Allah alam. Does anyone have any questions from the audience? Direct questions? Anyone has direct questions? Go ahead. Fasting before Ramadan is definitely a good way to prepare for Ramadan. But right now, khalas, because we're only a few days out. Uh, so there's a difference of opinion. Can you fast in the second half of Sha'ban or not? Some scholars, they say it's strictly prohibited. You shouldn't. Uh, some other scholars, they say it's makruh. Uh, you know, so some other scholars say it's okay. But right now, it's a week out. So maybe try something else. All right, instead of fasting right now in the next week, because I'm going to fast a lot when Ramadan comes in, uh, I'm going to maybe try to pray a little extra. Uh, I'm going to try to abandon certain habits, right? Uh, the, the coffee fanatics. Maybe let me try to reduce the amount of coffee I drink. Uh, let me try to adjust the time I'm drinking coffee. This is, these are things I should try to do, right? These are things I could adjust. I, I don't think you drink coffee, right? Do you drink coffee? No, you probably don't, right? <laughs> so anyway, but these are things that you could try, right? Um, to prepare yourself for the blessed month of Ramadan. Um, uh, another thing, uh, next year you could consider doing more fasts in Sha'ban. The Prophet ﷺ would fast a lot in Sha'ban in preparation for Ramadan. Those of us who are able to do that, may Allah reward them, may Allah bless them. The Prophet ﷺ used to prepare for Ramadan by fasting a lot in Sha'ban. Um, yeah. Yes, there's a question over there. Zakallah khair for the question. So is there a precedent for focusing on understanding the Qur'an versus reading it? Uh, if you're not that good at reading it, is that the question? So here, look, going back to the diversifying the portfolio. We didn't answer it in the last one, but I think this is actually the first forum that we do about Ramadan, if I recall. So, um, but now here, look, there's, there's different types of worship when it relates to the Qur'an. There's one type of worship that's in recitation. There's another type of worship that's in reflection. And there is this brief reflection and then this long reflection. These different qira'at in the Qur'an. Like if you really wanted, you could dedicate the entire month of Ramadan to reflecting on one chapter. You could do that. Or, or you could get doses from each chapter and get a range, right? You could either choose to um, go, go uh, widen your net. And, and, and get through as much as you can, or you could go deep and focus on a surah. You could try to read the Qur'an once, twice, and thrice, or you could choose to reduce that. So what should I do? There is a certain reward in reading that is virtuous, that I shouldn't miss out on, right? Uh, the, the Prophet ﷺ says that the one who reads the Qur'an and struggles with it, he'll get two ajrs, he'll get double the reward. الَّذِي يَقْرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ وَيَتَتَعْتَعْ فِيهِ فَلَهُ أَجْرًا 
So that's, that's, that's something I need to experience. But I should also experience the other one. Like right now, if someone really wants to put a Ramadan plan for themselves, I think it would be a good idea to focus on one surah for deep reflection. And then focus on the full range of the Qur'an for brief reflection. Right? I'm just going to read through it and see whatever I could catch, I could catch. I'm going to get exposed to it. But maybe I'll even buy a book. Right now, mashallah, you have so many books that explain individual surahs. Like right now, there's a recent book that came on uh, out explaining Surah Al-Hadid, uh, for example. There's other books, uh, Surah Maryam, Surah Taha, Surah Yaseen, uh, Surah Al-Hujurat. Let me pick a surah, buy the book, let me read it throughout the month. That's a deep reflection, right? And then let me try to read the translation as best as I can. Or listen to it, if you're not someone who could read or it's easier for you to listen, that's also fine too. But I need to experience reading at some level. And let me do it consistently. You know, because, look, if I try, alright, you know what, I just spent um, an hour trying to read five pages from the Qur'an and I really struggled. But then I'm going to go the next five days without even touching it because I just got so drained from reading it that one day. No, khalas, let me take a dose that I could commit to. Every single day I'm going to read one page of the Qur'an if I'm someone who struggles with reading. If it's easy for me to read, go ahead. Read the Qur'an once, twice, and thrice. Go ahead, do what you can. But if I struggle with reading, I want to at least experience this act of worship one page a day. Or you know what? One page in the morning, one page in the night. Figure out a plan that works for you. But get exposed to this act of worship. That's what I would say to that. Allahu alam. There's a question there too. Let's take it. Yes. Yes. They could. The the people who f- have a routine of fasting can continue their routine until Ramadan comes in. That's without question. So people who normally fast Monday and Thursday, this Monday and Thursday. Go ahead, you could fast that, no problem. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, one more time? Khushur. How can you have more khushur? All right, like that, that's a big question that we're often asked about. How can you have more khushur this Ramadan? What's khushur? It's a sense of humble submission, uh, focus, spiritual focus. How do I get that? Look, it's, it's part of a journey. Uh, you know, uh, and this is a beautiful thing about Ramadan, by the way, guys. Um, Ramadan is supposed to give us what? It's supposed to give us the spiritual characteristic. F- follow me with this, with this thought process. Follow me with this thought process. What spiritual characteristic is fasting supposed to give me? Who knows? M- uh, b- besides patience, the Quran tells me something. It is the month of patience. Sah. It is going to give me a whole lot of patience. But why did Allah tell us to fast? Fasting has been written upon you as it has been written upon those before you for what? لَعَلَّكُمْ Yes. So that you may gain taqwa. So that you may become people of taqwa. And what does taqwa mean? For me to feel Allah's presence watching over me. That I put my, between myself and what angers Allah a barrier. Now pay attention, this is step one, right? So fasting is supposed to give me taqwa, right? God consciousness. The Qur'an is a benefit for the people of taqwa, right? ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ The people who benefit from the guidance of the Qur'an are who? The people of taqwa. 
Ramadan is the month of the Quran because Allah says it Shah Ramadan Alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran Ramadan is the month of Quran because that's when its revelation began If you put these three together it tells you something Fasting is supposed to enable me to be able to access the Quran be able to access the revelation of Allah Azza wa Jal. It's supposed to prepare my soul in a way where I could truly begin to benefit from guidance. So as you're journeying through this Ramadan, think about that. This is what I'm supposed to be achieving. Something's supposed to be changing about my soul where I'm no longer blinded. I'm no longer blinded by this desire or this distraction or this feud or this conflict or whatever else it is. It's supposed to give me this sense of peace that allows my soul to, you know, be on overdrive. That's what Ramadan is supposed to give me. So the, 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 question, the, the question that you asked was, what was it again? I didn't ask the who who asked the question? Asked the question about khushur. About khushur, yes. About khushur. So it's a lifestyle, sister. So if my soul's going to get this clarity, guess what? No way I'm going to get that clarity when I'm doing tons of sins. I need to rid my body of the toxins first. After I rid my body of the toxins, then I need to do those things that are going to actually help me focus. Uh, for, for salah, it starts with wudu. For fasting, it starts with mindfulness while I'm fasting. At the time of beginning the fast, the time of ending the fast. Uh, intentionality. These are the things that trigger khushu'ah, sister. When my heart and my focus is triggered by these things. Wallahu alam. Uh, there was a question about if I have to make up days, but I don't know how many days I have. Alright, if I have to make up days and I don't know how many days I have, uh, meaning that I haven't fasted, for example, for years of my life, and now I want to fast. So what should I be doing? I need to estimate. I need to approximate how much do I think I've missed. Say, for example, I, I know that I've been away from Allah for the past 10 years of my life. How many, how many days of fasting is that? 10 years of fast, how much is that approximately? Who's good at math? 300, right? 30 times 10. So right now I'm going to approximate. 30 times 10, this is what I need to make up. So over the span of time, I'm going to try my best to make up these fasts, right? And, um, and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept from me. But again, you just approximate and overestimate. If you really don't know, just try, your, try to do your best guess at the days that you need to make up. Wallahu alam. That goes into another question regarding making up salawat. Someone is asking if they can make up salah during tarawih. Yes. Can it only be fajr or are they able to have other niyas for other salawat and maybe continue? So, the, so here's the thing is, we said before in our classes, is it okay for the imam and the follower to have a different intention? Answer, there's a difference of opinion about this. According to the Shafi'i school, yes, no problem. The imam could have one intention, the follower could have another one. Now, if you're making up a different salah in taraweeh, it's just going to complicate a little bit. Because if you're going to be doing four rak'ahs and the imam's doing two rak'ahs, you're always going to be lagging behind. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle. There's nothing to say that you can't, right? You could always continue. So, long story short, we say fajr out of convenience. Like, make up missed fajrs out of convenience. Uh, but, uh, but in actuality, if you even were to make up dhuhr, uh, you know, with the Imam praying taraweeh, 
uh, he says salam and you continue to pray the other two, uh, the, the, there's nothing against that. Wallah alam. Yeah. 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 Uh, so how can you balance between giving full attention to your job and ibadah? Look, um, uh, the Quran, Zakal Khair for the question. The Quran tells us this. It reminds me of this situation. The Quran says, وَأَلَّيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى وَأَنَّ سَعِيَهُ سَوْفَ يُرَى ثُمَّ يُجْزَاهُ الْجَزَاءَ الْأَوْفَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that people will get what they strive for and they'll get rewarded for that, right? Some people, uh, and this reminds me of someone, I remember, you, you don't have to follow this standard, but there's a range, right? There's a minimum and there's a maximum. There is a, a, an average and a typical, and then there's an above average. Not all fasts are the same too, right? So there's this person I remember uh, from long, long ago. Uh, he used to work, um, and he used to work a lot all year round. And he used to save his uh, vacation days. And he used to gather them up. And you know what he used to use his vacation days on? He used to use them on Ramadan. Every single year. That was his vacation. Ramadan for him was the biggest, best vacation he could ever wish for. Again, some people, they'd rather, no, I want to save a two weeks vacation so I could go to uh, Bahamas. Walla arifin, walla, I want to go on some trip and have some fun. I'm not telling you that's haram per se. But you'll get what you strive for. So... As you are in Ramadan, be mindful of this. Is there any opportunity for you to structure in, factor in some time off of work or working less if you prepare for it uh, year round? If the answer is yes and Ramadan matters to you, then why don't you try doing that? I found, all right, this is, a, this is an extreme example, right? Uh, or I should say a high example. Some other people, what they try to do is they'll at least try to use some of their vacation days on the odd nights of the last 10. This is another idea that you could do. Well, you know what? I'm at least going to, if I can't do it all, I'm going to try my best to at least do some of it, right? So let me push myself and try to prepare for that. This is something you could try to do. People who have businesses, people who have businesses, if you have the capacity to put someone else instead of you at certain points that are very blessed and spiritual, try to do that, right? You know, and you know, this comes to the subject of prioritizing our deen. You know, like some people, they're in a situation where they can't take off of work even on the day of Eid. And if they can't do that truly because of their circumstance, may Allah reward them and bless them and give them khair and barakah. But sometimes it's coming from a place that you know what, this isn't my priority. Oh, Eid's for the kids. Oh, it's okay. What's the big deal? And it's not like I have to go to Salat al-Eid. Right? But what is this? It's min sha'irillah. If this is important to you and you want to be part of this, you should make it an important thing, right? So, so again, that's what I would say to that. If you can figure out time to decrease at certain junctures in Ramadan, do it. That's one way. The other way is, well, you have lunch breaks and you have uh, uh, the, the, uh, the shorter breaks at your job, right? 
do those. Well, do those in a state of ibadah as best as you can. Take advantage of them at work. Don't waste them. Now, since you're not going to be distracted with eating or drinking or mash'arifah, try to show the beautiful example of how Islam actually gives me an opportunity to maximize the benefit from my time. There are some people, by the way, there was beautiful examples, a lot of beautiful examples out there, even in sports, that people are able to excel in their sports during Ramadan <coughs> because Ramadan gives them a special charge. There's that example. And they won't even need to break their fast to do it. So again, My fasting is not supposed to make me lazy, not supposed to make me lethargic. It's supposed to give me energy. It's supposed to make me more mindful of time. You know, even like if you think about that, the whole idea of Laylatul Qadr being worth a lifetime, Alf Shahr. What is that? What is that ingrained within the psyche of the believer? Hey, you know what? Time, every moment is very precious and valuable. It's a beautiful thing that our Ramadan experience is about taking advantage of the moment, every single moment. That's why Allah didn't tell us clearly. It's not known to us clearly, explicitly when Laylatul Qadr is. Because if it was known explicitly without difference of opinion, then guess what? Everyone would have waited for that one single night. But the attitude that's supposed to come in, right, it might be tonight. I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to push myself a little bit more. I'm going to try to sleep uh, during this time so I could be awake during that time. And so on and so forth, right? So that's the name of the game. Wallah, that's what I would say to that. inshallah. There was a question about how you handle fasting as a woman with an irregular cycle. When do you count? Uh, how? All right. So, fasting as a woman with an irregular cycle. When do you count? Well, I added that. That's that's an inference. So, if there's long, if it's longer than usual, or it's unusual, or there might be. Spotting. So look, look. The 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 issues relating to irregular monthly cycles. This is. Uh, there are so many different issues that may arise. My advice: ask the specifics of your question. We have general guidelines, right? There is. A minimum for menstrual cycle and there's a maximum, right? Minimum being one day, one full day. That's the minimum, even though that's not typical. There's a typical range, uh, the six, seven, eight days. Uh, and then there is a maximum range. What's the maximum range? Scholars differ about this. Some of them say it's 10 days. Some of them say it's 12. And the Shafi'i school says it's 15 even though that's, that's a lot of days, right? That's not typical. That's, uh, that's, that's very prolonged, right? What's the minimum duration of purity? The minimum duration of purity from one cycle to the next is 15 days, right? Now, what do I do if it comes on one day, then it's gone the next, then it comes back, comes back the third? This is where we get a range of details where we don't have the time to discuss it now. But long story short, there's one madhab that says uh, what we call qawl al and then there's another one that says قول السحب. Alright, so if a woman's used to her cycle coming irregularly, that it's going to come one day, next day it's not, the third day it might come, the fourth day it won't, um, then what, 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 what some scholars they do, they say is all of that period, the purities and the time when blood's coming is all part of the hayd, right? Some of them say no. Whenever she sees blood, if she's irregular, when she sees bloods, 
She doesn't fast, she doesn't pray. When the blood stops, she goes back to fasting and praying. If it comes back, then she'll stop again. This is qawl al But again, uh, based on your circumstance, whoever's asking the question, ask your specific thing, just so that we don't get caught up and distracted by the theoreticals. Yeah. Uh, it's permissible not to fast in Ramadan when traveling. Which, is, which has more rewards in that case, fasting or utilizing the rukhsa? All right, so which one ha- all right, so when is it permissible to fast while you're traveling in Ramadan? When? First off, it needs to be a fast. Uh, it needs I cannot start the day as a resident and then break my fast. All right, so say for example, I'm going to travel at Dhuhr time, right? But I'm local this whole morning until Dhuhr time. Must I fast that day or not? The answer, I must fast that day. And after I start my travel after Dhuhr, can I break it then? Answer, no, I should continue fasting it only if I feel a level of exhaustion in which like I feel, I'm starting to feel sick, I can't continue, I'm getting a headache, I'm feeling weak. Then I am like someone who's temporarily ill, then you can break your fast. Otherwise, that day where you start as a resident, local, your area, your neighborhood, you must fast that full day. But say, for example, if you're traveling for a few days, can you break your fast? The answer is yes, that's fine. Uh, can you also fast if you want? Yeah. Well, what about a hadith that says, It is not of benevolence to fast while you're traveling. How do I understand that? This was about a man. The Prophet saw this man. They were traveling. He was an elderly man. And there were people needing to help him stay balanced. He was so exhausted and overwhelmed because of the travel and his fast. So Prophet ﷺ looked at this man and he said, it's not of benevolence to fast while you're traveling. So the scholars, when they interpreted this, they said, if fasting makes you weak and incapable, then you shouldn't fast. But if you're healthy, strong, and capable, eh, then it's purely, it's absolutely fine if you choose to fast. But do you have to fast? You don't. You have a rukhsa. If you want to break your fast and make it up after Ramadan, that's fine too. No problem, right? So it's a choice at, at that point. So which one's better? Well, it really depends on how the fasting is going to affect you. Yeah. How long are you staying at the destination? If you're staying... Uh, less than six days or six days or less, then you're a traveler. So you could you could break the fast on all of those days, right? But if you're staying there for like two weeks or ten days, no, you're a resident as soon as you get there, and you should fast uh, all of those days. Hmm? All right. Um, Other questions? Do we have a question here? In the masjid here? So, in the, yes. Jazakallah khair for the question. Are we starting the juzuh in tarawih um, or in isha? So typically what we do in the masjid here is we start the ju- ju- just to make it easier for people and to make it more expeditious. Uh, we start during isha. And normally during isha we recite a page in each raka'ah. Uh, one page, approximately a page in each raka'ah. And uh, then uh, in Taraweeh, we'll recite a portion. Uh, it'll be uh, within the range of 
a page or less than a page per rak'ah, maybe like a page and a half every two rak'ahs. We have Sheikh Abdul Hamid who's going to be with us for the tarawih portion. And you could say we complete approximately eight pages to a, a half a juz' between Isha and tarawih. Between Isha and tarawih, we we're normally complete that much. And then the rest of it, we continue after Witr. For those who want to continue with us, we continue the remaining 10 pages uh, or 12 pages uh, in, the, in the remaining rak'ahs after, uh, after Witr. Right? So that's what we normally follow in the masjid here. Yeah. Do you want to go through what kind of programming we're planning to have or what the schedule would look sure. like? Sure. So we, uh, so typically in the masjid here, uh, so first off, we usually have a theme for the month between the three masjids, uh, ICPC Patterson here and uh, Prospect Park. What's the theme for this Ramadan? Uh, it's going to be about As-Sunan Al-Ilahiyya, the divine universal laws. Uh, and the, the Fajr Khatiras will be around verses pertaining to the divine universal laws. What does that mean? Like the uni universal law of change, for example. Um, uh, the universal law of struggle between truth and falsehood and other things like that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that subject in Fajr, the verses. And then in Isha, the concepts and ideas pertaining to As-Sunan Al-Ilahiyya, insha'Allah. That's the theme of the month. Um, we usually have in the masjid here i'tikafs every Friday and Saturday. And with these i'tikafs, we have midnight talks, insha'Allah. Uh, we have with us for the month, as a resident with us for the month, uh, Ustad Zaid is going to be with me in many of these talks. And then we also have Sheikh Yasir, who's going to be with us when he's available, insha'Allah, for several of these talks, bi'idhnillah. These talks are every Friday and Saturday at midnight in the masjid here. And the program continues uh, all the way until Fajr time. We're going to have uh, suhoor on Fridays and Saturdays. And by the way, uh, this program uh, becomes daily in the last 10 of Ramadan, inshallah. Uh, so, uh, so the, and, and, you know, and also in the masjid here, you know, uh, you know we, like, uh, we have a lot of live streams. A uh, lot of different talks going on between here and Patterson. We have, uh, besides the khawatir, we also have a pre-iftar broadcast, um, uh, and then we have uh, Sunday workshops uh, and, and, and many things along with that as well, inshallah. You can find all the details in the booklet. It's going to be coming out soon. Uh, so, you know, alhamdulillah, we have a lot of things. We have a team of volunteers. Uh, you know, we usually, uh, you know, mashallah, these, these team of volunteers are going to take care of everything in the masjid between uh, programming for uh, the younger children and the babysitting and uh, uh, all the way to uh, issues in terms of setup and uh, suhoor and iftar and uh, also in terms of parking and and in terms of keeping the uh, keeping everything organized within the masjid mashallah we have a lot of people helping with different things and we already have mashallah people who've been working in the masjid tirelessly for the past days cleaning up um, uh, the masjid mashallah you can notice a sign of this here uh, if you look at, you see the masahif, you guys see the masahif on each of these shelves? There were sisters here on Thursday. They worked so hard 
to clean and organize everything. And inshallah, we're going to fill the rest of the shelves with more masahib. They kept put everything organized. And downstairs, they removed so much of the clutter and so much of the dirt. And may Allah reward them and bless them and give them khair and barakah, them and their children and their families. And, and mashallah, we have people already bringing in tons of things between water and towels and toilet paper and uh, cleaning products and everything. Mashallah, it's uh, Ramadan's a beautiful spirit because it brings everyone together. Everyone starts working really hard. So alhamdulillah, you know, our community here, our masjid here is growing, is growing really fast, alhamdulillah. And a lot of people uh, are looking for ways to get involved and participate. Uh, you know, we have teams of people pre preparing uh, suhoor on the days that there's suhoor and iftar on the days that there's iftar. And, and, and you know, we have a really good problem as a community. Uh, and that is, there's so many people who want to be inside the masjid. So many that we end up having so many parking issues. And that's the other thing. And we have our parking volunteers. They, they could speak to this. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really big challenge. It's a really big challenge. The neighbors uh, are, um, uh, are upset about this. And, uh, you know, we need to figure out ways to make sure that we make our, keep our neighbors happy. And that we don't cause disruption. Uh, and because we have a lot of hopes for the masjid. Mashallah. If anyone's been here... Since the masjid um, started off, you realize that we've come a really, really long way. All right? When, what year was this masjid open? Who knows? 16, right? 2016. How many of you here were from in the masjid from day one when it opened? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. MashaAllah. The older people mostly raise their hand. The younger people... Huh? The older, younger people. The older, younger people, right? <laughs> Right, so uh, so 2016 is not really long ago. Uh, uh, you know, if you're like 20 years old, I'm sure it's a lifetime ago, right? Because eight years ago, you were like 12 years old, right? <laughs> so, uh, but uh, it's been eight years, right? So it opened on June 3rd, 2016. And you see, alhamdulillah, we have a lot of new updates between the carpets and, and we have plans for expansion, uh, these windows that you see around here, they're all going to change right after Ramadan. There's a, uh, you know, and then, and then there's a plan for expanding the building. All of this needs what? Us to be together and us to be together with our neighbors so that uh, the process is smooth and easy. So those are, th those are some things about um, what you can expect with the Ramadan experience this year, inshallah, in the masjid. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it blessed and beautiful and easy uh, for us all, inshallah. Uh, does that answer the question? Does it? It's a great answer. <laughs> uh, does anyone else have questions? Anyone else have questions they want to ask before we end? Uh, go, ahead, uh, go ahead. Since you asked already, uh, let uh, Hajjah ask. Salam. Decoration? No, absolutely not. يعني الفانوس بدعه منكره واللي بيعملها هيحرق في نار جهنم ولا شيء زي هيك يعني look so so look there's a, there's 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 different approaches i'm not going to tell you so bismillah so the question was is decorating for ramadan um, uh, is is decorate is there anything wrong about decorating for ramadan you will find that there are people with different mindsets and attitudes towards uh, uh, tadayun and iltizam, right? 
the, the approach that Sheikh Qatanani and I uh, both like to take ourselves is this approach that looks behind the appearances of things to the meanings behind them. Now, is anyone saying that Sayyidina Muhammad Wasallam was holding a little fanus walking around during Ramadan? If anyone says this, okay, there's a problem with that, right? Is there anyone saying that this half hilal with the star is like, um, uh, you know, something that's in the Quran? No, it's not in the Quran. No, but is this something that people have... Uh, you you know connected with to symbolize other things like for now the people the, the hilal a lot of people associate it with the blessed month of Ramadan why because it's a symbol that was used it was used on um, uh, you know in masajid and on the minarets and the, and it was it was a symbol that was uh, used because it symbolizes hilal Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ made it a point to connect with Hilal Ramadan. He would say, Hilalu khayrin wa barakatin wa yumnin rabbi wa rabbukallah. The Prophet ﷺ would speak to the Hilal of Ramadan. And he taught us to love the Hilal of Ramadan. Right? So if, if I want my child to have this glow-in-the-dark Hilal when Ramadan comes in just so they could feel Ramadan, يعني, am I doing something haram? No, it's fine. Go ahead, do it. The fanus, no one's going to tell you it's in a hadith or a verse of the Quran. If it makes your child happy because it symbolizes something in the past, the, these fawanis were used to put in masajid to light up places, and there's like a bahja for Ramadan. There's a, people would like to put lights for Ramadan. You know, because what? In their mind, they start, oh, we're going to make Ramadan like Christmas. Christmas air. The kids like lights, right? People, you know, it looks nice, right? No one's thinking of a Christmas tree يعني, uh, when they think of Ramadan, right? So it's fine. But if someone wants to follow um, a very strict path in their deen, Shajarat Hilal Ramadan? This is the Shabbu. Yeah. Allah inhum. Whoever thought of the idea of having uh, a Hilal tree for Ramadan, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he needs someone to. I'm not telling you. Alhamdulillah, we don't have at the entrance of ICPC Shajarat Hilal Ramadan. We're not going to put gifts under it. But if it's a fanus or if it's a hilal and it glows in the dark, let the kid enjoy it. The other thing we got to think about, sometimes these activities and these designs, they make the kids happy. And I should try to make them happy with Ramadan. It's, it's good. It's fine. But... Without excessiveness, right? If I if I go out of my capacity to try to make it like Christmas, then I am meftoon, yani. Yeah, of course, yeah. All right. What what other? It's the first time I ever hear this. Subhanallah. I never heard of shajarat hilal Ramadan. Uh, the uh, hilal tree, a hilal tree, <laughs> huh?
Uh huh. The people? Alhamdulillah, I'm not on TikTok. Alhamdulillah, I'm not on TikTok. Life's a lot better without TikTok. Alhamdulillah. No, no, it's okay. You don't need to show me. معمول على شكل هلال Oh, oh okay uh, what is it what did you say say what uh, i said the important things so, so you could you could design there's this, there's she asked about what if you make it like a a hilal tree uh, why i don't understand like, why would you make a hilal tree? I have no idea. But anyway, Allah uh, yani. Allah Allah mustaan. Any other questions before we close, guys? All right. Halas. Subhanakallahum bihamdik. Nashadu la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Nail. Donating or volunteering? <laughs> Is your mom here too? Or do you have a phone or something? Or She's asking how can she volunteer for Ramadan. So go talk to Amma over there.
So, oh, man. Wondering if this went on in Ramadan, and hopefully it doesn't. Are they obligated to 
Um, well, it depends. If, if it's parking, then, uh, like, if, if um, I, you know, it, 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 so what would the concern be for the factory? I, I just don't know. Like, you said the state was concerned, and I just don't know if they, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to... It's the physical exhaustion. Right. It's so much.
Thank you. 